Welcome to Talking Fußball Fantasy, your source for all things official fantasy Bundesliga with player picks as deft as a Yusuf Paulsen flick, fantasy advice as shocking as a Max Cruiser penalty miss, and two pundits who had contrasting experiences with the Holland bandwagon on the weekend. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, one and all. My name is James Surrogate. This is Talking Fußball Fantasy Season 4, Match Day 9, and joining me as always, the fantasy Fußball got himself, Flo Reinecker. Flo, uh, your drinks finally worked as Bremen became only the second team this season to take points off of Bayern in the Bundesliga. I've got to ask, how did that feel? Uh, a bit of a letdown, actually, because we should have won that game. We had a better chances and you know, just just couldn't take them. Um, that that was the issue at the end. So it's it's funny because I would have been elated if you said me before we were getting away with a point, but in my head it was like Bayern getting twenty five shots on goal and you have one counter and. Uh, for some reason you get away with a draw, but that's, that's not how the game went. And in, in the end, you have to say, wow, that was a big opportunity to, to win at Munich. I'm not sure how, how soon that, uh, uh, opportunity like that will arrive again, but yeah, def, definitely missed out on, on a much, much greater weekend, but. I mean, you you take a, a draw any time at the Allianz Arena <laughs> after losing the last 19 games to to Bayern. Uh, I, I think it's it's okay, but okay. Yeah, if you if you see the game, you you feel a bit ah, that that was more in it actually. Yeah, I can I can completely understand that. Although, don't tell Thomas Muller that was his whiny, lousy uh, interview after the match. That was... Oh, you, you never, some poor never miss a chance to have a gripe at Mr. Miller, hey? Yeah, well, <laughs> at one point, maybe you acknowledged that the opponent wasn't that bad, just to say, oh, they scored after a throw-in and then their uh, destructive game plan gets rewarded when they couldn't do anything and, and Bremen had far better and more chances. I, I think it's poor form. I can understand just, that. And yeah. I don't I don't disagree with you actually. And I'm I'm not sure which game he saw, actually. So yeah. Well that's that. Shots fired at Mr. Miller. Let's go on. Yeah, James. we 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 shall go on. Uh, should we should we mention a little bit of the breaking news in the footballing world uh, this week? Because the sad news uh, that came through yesterday. So we're recording Thursday, uh, what well, early afternoon, and the news came through yesterday that uh, Diego Maradona had passed away. Uh, one of those moments, I think you will kind of always remember where you were, Flo. Eh? Yeah, I was at home like like every other day. Uh, yeah, but actually, I, I was shell shocked. He was he was one of the greatest heroes of my childhood. I know you're too young to remember, but my first like as a kid, my first real big football tournament that I watched and was uh, thrilled by was Mexico '86, and for me, it's still the best World Cup I've ever witnessed. Thanks to the guys playing uh, in midday uh, in, in in total heat, so that uh, little ones like me could watch at home, although uh, being like seven hours time delay. So um, they suffered. So uh, we 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 could see it in a good television spot, and I, I totally capitalize on that. I actually, I mean, um, Germany made the the final there at the World Cup. But I, w- I rooted for Argentina in the, in the World Cup final. I, w- I wanted uh, Diego to to win the, that, and 
it's much later on that I started rooting for Germany. I, I, it was all all Maradona for me. <laughs> I'm not sure if you guys are from like. There's a theme park next to Cologne that's that's pretty big, and they have these cardboard people where you can take pictures with. And from all the the guys you could pick, uh, take pictures with, I I I, I took one with. A cardboard Maradona, That's brilliant. and that hang on, hang on my wall. <laughs> like I was at uni still uh, already, and, and and the pictures still hang on my wall. So yeah, it, it meant a lot to me. I mean, he, he was so brilliant on the pitch, and yeah, I, I don't think we have to to judge what happened off the pitch. It's just like ah, uh, yeah, sad, sad, sad that he passed away. It definitely was. One of the reasons I got to to love football as much as I do as Maradona. Yeah, I mean, uh, I was maybe one of the the rare few or fortunate few, perhaps, um, that wasn't stuck at home when I found out the news. I was actually stood outside uh, Borussia Park uh, getting ready for the Champions League match um, last night, and I mean that was a uh, it was an interesting situation because everyone was talking about it. And you're right. Okay, I was ten years behind you. Ninety Euro ninety six was my first tournament where I, I can genuinely say I have vivid memories. I'm pretty sure I was definitely watching some of the games, World Cup ninety four and things like that. But the vivid memories come from from Euro ninety six. And so yeah, I did miss the Maradona era. But everyone talks about it. And as a football fan, you can't help but have watched some footage to realise this guy was incredible. So uh, yeah, and I think everyone can relate to your story of Maradona. Every football fan has those iconic players they were just drawn to as a child um, and I think yeah for it depends what generation you're from um, but yeah Maradona I think was when it comes to football was a, a, a worthy person of kind of having that lofty status in, in a lot of people's lives so definitely sad to see him go right let's move on then and we will dive into some listener questions uh, a sharp turn uh, away from things uh, and we'll start with a question from at Eric D Freeman and he's got a two-part question flow. First one is Lewandowski, Holland, and Blank. Who are the best candidates for the third forward slot this weekend? Yeah, we're starting with a very difficult question out of the bat. Um, I, I think it's tough for me. I'd watch what Hoffenheim does in the Europa League because if Kramaric sits or gets like substituted out after 60 minutes, I, I would feel pretty good about Kramaric being the third striker. And if that's not the case, I'm probably going with Wout Vejos just because of he's playing on Friday evening. So you know he's in the lineup. And that, that I mean, that carries a long way on this match day. We will talk about that later. But I expect a crazy rotation match day. Uh, and I haven't felt that bad about a match day in ages like I do uh, about the next. Yeah, if I'm honest, like, I mean, it's an interesting stance to take because I maybe made some decisions last weekend that I think were in anticipation of this weekend. I don't feel as bad because of the decisions I made last weekend. Having three Wolfsburg players in my lineup, for instance, I'm feeling good about that decision to kind of take that. I, I mean, I, I happen to, to score big with those three Wolfsburg players as well. You feel good now and, and like... Yeah, if Rashica finished his hat-trick, you, you feel stupid. Well, yeah, but in terms of at least I don't go into this game week with as much uncertainty, you know what? No, I'm, I'm just pulling your hat. I would, yeah, yeah, I would yeah, welcome the return right. of Milot Rashica, um, to be honest, because he's been... He, he did return. I, no, as in, you know what I mean? Like, the real return, like the... the... No, I mean, 
nine points no, out of no, Munich no, without no, no. being involved in a goal. Okay, that's not that's, bad, but that's I'm great. talking about like, the great. 15 plus Rashid Sir, like the 20 point plus Rashid Sir that we, you know, we fell in love with at times. I'm waiting for we, the return we'll of that man. We'll see him soon enough. Okay, I, I'm, hey, I'm sure and there's a that. chance it might be on Friday. There is a chance. Um, to, to answer Eric's question, I I had Weghorst and Kramerich in my front line last weekend along with Lewandowski and I don't think I'm going to be shifting either of them. It does depend on what Hoffenheim do do this evening. But I'm quite happy with those. And I think there's a third candidate that will be mentioned many a time in this show. So I don't want to give up the ghost too early. At the very least, he's going to be my banker. So you can hold on to the end of the show for that one, uh, because I think there is another third candidate out there, perhaps. Um, let's talk about the second part of Eric's question, Flo. He says, are there any premium price midfielders worth buying right now, or should we invest that big money elsewhere? Which kind of taps into what happened with you last weekend. And I mean, I, in the intro, I mentioned the fact we had contrasting experiences with the Haaland bandwagon. I I didn't jump on it and fell off um, and you did and uh, it paid off big time yeah I didn't have Haaland in my uh, original draft but then we got the Zane news so Zane wasn't playing and Klimovic wasn't uh, uh, was not playing and that changed a lot um, I went down from Zane to Musiala and then I had a lot of money to spend and uh, like you I anticipated that this match day is going to be pivotal. I want to have a player that I feel good about, uh, not only for the first match day, because I, I didn't feel great about Haaland. And I mean, I, I, I did catch some heat on Twitter for saying that he's not a must have. But I mean, we have to acknowledge that we, we are playing a game of probabilities. And if we would have played the, the game, Hatta, Dortmund, 100 times. What, what, I mean, what's the amount of times that Haaland scores four goals? At maximum, it should have been three out of 100. I'm, I'm like, that's just, but that means like three of, out of 100 times, it's going to happen. It's like if you roll the dice and you always, like you can bet that it's one to four or you can bet that it's five to six. You're better off always betting that it's one to four. But it it hits five and six one out of three times. And that, it doesn't mean that you made the, the wrong choice when you bet on one to four. And that's like how I, I wasn't expecting like, I wasn't expecting Dortmund scoring five goals at Berlin, and there wasn't a lot that hinted at that being the case, actually. And um, I mean, that's that's just uh, how how it goes sometimes. Mateta did score three goals at Freiburg, and that was totally out of the blue as well. And um, we we're dealing with a sport that's to a degree unpredictable and I think that's something we should acknowledge and we should always try to think through what's the likeliest outcome and then we bet on that and uh, yeah uh, I think we we do better if we uh, do that um, and not look back and say yeah he uh, got the most points so he had to be the uh, the best choice that's not always the case I mean who like if you could have gone with Lewandowski or Haaland, had to had last match day. Lewandowski every time. Who would have gone with with yeah, Lewandowski every time? You you, you go yeah. with Lewandowski every time. That's that's just what it is. And le- in the end, Lewandowski did score seven points, and Haaland did score thirty. And but that's just the range of outcomes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's not 
it's not predictable that we can say with like a hundred percent certainty what's going to no. happen. No, that's just like we will be wrong with everything we say. <laughs> no, yeah, you, me more so than you, Flo. A me lot. more so than you. Not a lot. It's just it's just how it works. But if we just play it down the middle, like there wouldn't be any actual valuable advice there. So that's that's something. I think uh, you have to acknowledge that sometimes you're wrong and sometimes you're on the wrong side of, of variance with uh, a player like Haaland. I got lucky just because of Sané was benched by Flick. That saved me because uh, I had the funds to go up to, to Haaland and that's what I did. But it wasn't like I felt great about going with Haaland. Could have easily gone with Kramaric, but I brought in two other Hoffenheim players and I felt it too, a, a bit rich uh, going with three Hoffenheim players. So, and what was the question, James? So yeah, I was going to say. So <laughs> to answer the question, then, do you think the premium mid- now that now that Sané has come back, yeah. is the premium midfield market changing? Yeah. Because Sancho showed good form in midweek in the Champions yeah. League. Roy- Royce was rested. Uh, Sané is likely going to be featuring again. So the the, the market's changed again, hasn't it? Yeah, and I, I, like from all high price midfielders, I feel like. The greatest amount of certainty with Sané being in the starting lineup. He didn't feature in the starting lineup against Bremen. He came on as a substitute for 30 minutes against Salzburg. He scored a goal. He's ready to go from the start. They achieved, like, they already are in in the next round, in the knockout stages, uh, by an advance with four wins. So I expect them to rotate in the Champions League. And that means they're going to field their strongest 11 at Stuttgart, especially after losing points against Bremen. So I'm, I'm very confident that Sané is going to start and, uh, he, he's like, he's, uh, far ahead at top of my shopping list. Yeah. I think that's a, it's a good stance to take and you almost feel more secure about it given the fact that he uh, wasn't in the starting lineup last weekend. Definitely. Yeah. And, 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 and Sancho, uh, played in the Champions League. Well, he didn't play last week, so what, what, what's going to happen? I think Royce is definitely going to start against Cologne because he was he he, uh, he didn't play in the Champions League. Well, who else? Brandt could come in. They could change the system up a bit. Uh, so um, the amount of uncertainty at Dortmund is far greater than at Bayern at the moment. Because as funny as it sounds, um, Dortmund has more possibilities where they can go with with players and and Bayern we've seen Douglas Costa like he's he's far behind uh what Nabri Kuman or Sané are bringing to the table I don't expect that we see a lot of Douglas Costa in competitive matches um big disappointment yeah yeah Um, yeah, he doesn't look like the same so, player, but then, I don't know. He, it was one of those chances where I wondered whether he was genuinely happy to be coming back to Bayern. I, I don't know whether it really, you know, and his performances have kind of shown that there's a bit of a grey area there with him. Okay, uh, let's move on, though. Uh, at Gavin underscore Doyle underscore IE says, Midfield is my biggest concern, thinking of ditching Rayner and bringing in Caligiuri from Augsburg, uh, though that would leave me without any Dortmund cover in midfield. He says his other midfielders are Stindl, Wurz, Grifo, and Brekelo, he also then tags on, or is Musiala worth a punt at 1.8 million? Um, I don't, that, that Musiala won't play. I would be shocked if he's in a starting lineup. Yes. They have to win the game at Stuttgart, and, and I don't think that Flick is, is 
playing around there. And Musiala didn't play because Flick thinks he's better than the other choices. It was just yeah, load management uh, on the part on of Hansi Flick. So he, he won't play. He's off the table, and I will definitely sell Musiala. With Reina, he's in a predicted lineup for what it's worth, um, but I think it's a almost near 50-50 shot um, if he's in a starting lineup or not. Uh, Kalidrui is a great choice. Augsburg is a, is a great team to invest in this match day. I, I think I'll, I'll explain later why I think that's the case. Yeah, um, but I wouldn't worry uh, too much about not having before big cover in your midfield because you could have before big cover, but that cover is warming the bench and it doesn't do nothing for you. If you like, if you know Lucien Favre personally, give him a call. Ask him who is going to start against Cologne. Then send me a DM via Twitter, <laughs> and uh, then you bring in the player who starts. Because I would feel great about a Dortmund midfielder who's starting against Cologne. I just, I think there are risk with everyone involved except Marco Royce, and Royce is a striker in the game. So thanks for that. Yeah, I know, right? One of those position changes that oh, totally ruined it. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I like that. But anything to say about the Caligiuri choice, though? I mean, because. He is looking like someone that could be a factor this season. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I mean, I might as well say it now, and um, then we don't have to cover it when we're talking about Augsburg uh, against Freiburg. But the only club that conceded more shots on goal than Freiburg is Schalke. So quietly, Freiburg is one of the best matchups. 137 shots on goal so far the opponents had against Freiburg. Schalke has 100. 42, that number one, then it's Mainz with 136, and then it's a big drop off to Hertha, uh, in fourth place with 122. And just to take a perspective on that, Leipzig and Dortmund, they both allowed 61 shots on goal the whole season. So they get double the shots, Freiburg, uh, from their opponents, more than double the shots than the likes of, of Dortmund and, Leip- and Leipzig. And we know that shots on goal is where fantasy points are created or to a huge part. And that's definitely something I have in mind when I make my decisions. And that's, for instance, why Union Berlin is, is not a great matchup. 69 shots conceded at goal. That's the fourth best in the Bundesliga. Only Leverkusen, Dortmund and Leipzig have conceded uh, less shots on goal than, than Union, for instance. And they're better than, than Bayern, actually. Bayern is at 84. Union so, is at 69. So can you finally get on the Union bandwagon with me, Flo? Like after, after giving me so much ridicule no, I'm, last I'm, week. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting at the Union isn't a great matchup bandwagon, maybe. Good. Yeah, that's the one I'm but talking Union about. Union has 104 shots on goal themselves. That, that's not outrageously good no, I, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah but that's something to keep in mind some teams they're just pouring like the the opponents are allowed to pour on shots after shots and that's definitely uh the games that look at and we all know that Schalke and Mainz like are good teams to to have uh, uh players against but I think Freiburg is now like is the sample size now is is big enough that I feel like there's something wrong with with Freiburg actually at the moment, and I'm not sure they they are able to fix that. 
and that's why Augsburg is is looking much more attractive this week than than usually. For yeah, me. and Caligiuri is a big big part. Vargas is a cheaper choice, and and like we can basically skip then the Augsburg Freiburg one, but Iago is is a great budget defender for <laughs> five point one. Stuff like that. Okay, uh, yeah. fair enough. So we've already kind of answered the question from. Uh, no, I, I mean, it felt stupid. Stupid if we just already like I was. I was so far into that game, so I, I could fair, yeah. just round it up and then we're <laughs> done with it. It's absolutely, it's absolutely fine. Yeah, I think no, but we've we've already answered the question. It was going later in the show. Yeah, Adrian Sertel was asking whether like how how good we're feeling about Freiburg assets, and I think yeah, I think we're both not quite as high on them as we were coming out of the international break after the performance. We saw last weekend. I think it's fair to say, and that does start with this game against Augsburg. Yeah, but I still like I, I probably would hang. Like I brought in Grifo and Gunter. Oh, okay, you did both. Did you? I'd stick with him. Yeah, I did, yeah. I'm not. I'm not feeling great about it, but I mean, I don't care. about at least with Grifo, I don't care if the opponent has like 20 shots on goal. That's that's like and with Gunter, it's not that. Like if he has a good game attacking wise, I don't care if they concede three or four goals. It's like it's not optimal, but I can live with that, and yeah, that's the okay. reason why why I bring them in. And and Augsburg actually is at fifth place on shots conceded with 112, so it's not a bad matchup for Freiburg. So that okay, yeah. All right. All right, feeling fine. Okay, there. now we really, now we really can skip over that game later. Yeah. Okay, but it's an interesting game. Like, <laughs> it is. These are the games we have to pivot yeah. and talk about uh, on this match day. Yeah, I, I do agree. I think it's one of those that is one of the more attractive ones on the fixture list. Um, but okay, let's move on to another one that is very attractive, uh, and it's inspired by the question from uh, Mulcahy Mike uh, on Twitter. He says, "I want to buy into the Gladbach attack this weekend. They're up against Schalke. That's why it's an attractive game for a fantasy." Uh, for a fantasy owner. He says, in order to do that, I would need to transfer Alario or Cruiser out. Do you see one of them as a more appealing hold player? Uh, with Leverkusen, we haven't seen what they're doing in the Europa League. Um, Alario definitely looked tired uh, at Bielefeld after uh, been traveling to, uh, with, uh, uh, to Argentina um, with, uh, on international duties. I still think he's striker number one. I don't think that Bosch will change it up after one bad appearance. But let's see what's happened in uh, what's happening in the Europa League. Because if Alario is starting in the Europa League as well, uh, I think we might see Schick. And then I would definitely sell Alario over Cruiser because Cruiser will will start. And as I said uh, at the start of uh, of the show today, I think. Having players you know are in the starting lineup is worth a lot more this match day than on other match days because there are clubs with high priced uh, options where the amount of uncertainty is is pretty big. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that assessment fully, uh, to be honest. And I do not mind the cruiser matchup against Frankfurt either. I think he is a player that's kind of proving that he's quite impervious to the fixture list uh, genuinely when it comes to what Union are producing right now. Okay, final question of part one before we move on to the fixture list. Uh, from time to naught, Bremser, he says, I know it's worth snatching up those wing backs, but is it worth buying strikers who are labelled as midfielders? Now, you profited from this on the weekend, didn't you, Flo? Yeah, I did, because I, I saw the lineup of Hoffenheim and because of all the COVID stuff and injuries, 
Baumgartner was playing as a second striker uh, next to Kramaric, and that's why I went with him. Usually that would have actually something I would have tweeted out. Um, but like, um, you know how it is sometimes, James, we, we're working usually on, on Saturdays and I was <laughs> yeah. covering the second Bundesliga. And after that, I was covering the Bundesliga. And in between that, I had to get in my transfers and, yeah. uh, because of the Sané thing, I really was scrambling to to get my lineup in before three thirty. That was like that's the reason why I didn't answer anything on on Twitter. I wasn't able to to tweet stuff like that out because I, I like, as soon as I saw that, as I thought, oh, Baumgartner could be a great differential pick, um, just because of the uh, him playing out of position. I, I think that's valuable if you get that, but. Um, yeah, to all, all guys out there with like, that's just, James and I are happy to always answer questions, but, uh, dur- during match day is like most of the time is, it's just not possible for us yeah, to do that. Yeah. I, I echo, echo those sentiments. Uh, that's the reason, it's the reason Rafael Guerrero didn't come off my bench is because I was head down in translating post match interviews for the Bundesliga highlight show, which is a very pressing job and needs to be done very quickly. And so there was, uh, no time that I didn't think about it until 20 minutes into the Dortmund game, which shows you exactly how busy I was. So I completely understand. But uh, talking of out of position midfielders, Baumgartner was one. We don't know how long that's going to hold up with some of the Hoffenheim players that have tested positive returning. Yeah. We had Andre Hahn there as well for a while with Augsburg, but Finn Bogus and Niederlechner are back now, so that's kind of I think that's come and gone. And really, I'm not seeing as many out there as I'd, I'd want to. What I say with these out-of-position players, a lot of times it's a case you've got to jump on the bandwagon quickly and get off it quite quickly as well. Andre Hahn was in my squad. It didn't work out for me. I got off quite quickly again because of those players coming back. So out of position players are always very, very valuable. Just be wary of those bandwagons. Yeah, it depends. If you've got a striker who's playing as a centre back, I wouldn't say that it's valuable. If he's playing out, okay, I, I give you that. That's very true. Very good. Thank you. Thank you for clarifying that. But yeah. someone like Jakobs, right, is out of position. He's a defender in the game that plays in midfield. That could, yeah. he's pretty set there. We, we, we're very confident that's going to stay. But someone like Hahn uh, and Baumgartner, yeah. it seems to be more a fleeting. You know, it's a patchwork job as opposed to it being a long-term fix. Okay, we will leave it there for part one. Uh, join us again in part two, where we'll be looking at the matchday nine fixture list. Welcome back to part two of Talking Fußball Fantasy. Match day nine on the cards. Friday night game is the way we will start, as always, when it comes to tackling the Bundesliga's fixture list. And we have mentioned it already, but Wolfsburg against Werder Bremen is first up on the docket. If Wolfsburg win or draw, they would equal the club record run of nine straight Bundesliga games without defeat. That was set under head coach Oliver Glasner last season. Uh, so they're looking to recreate that. They have never won three consecutive league matches in a row though uh, on his watch however so that's worth noting good good news for Bremen uh, I guess the other thing uh, when it comes to Werder Bremen and the question for you Flo is uh, it's got to be another one or draw uh, on the cards then surely yeah so that's five, five in a row now yeah five in a row six will be a new Bundesliga record so we're tied <laughs> we're tied for the record now history Fifth, one all in a row and I think it's not unlikely that it's going to happen. <laughs> if it's going to be one all, then who's going to get the goals? Because I think that's what we really need to know as fantasy owners, right? I'd say it's Sargent or Rashica. I'm going out to a limb and saying like Sargent is close to 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 his breakthrough in the Bundesliga. Uh, he probably had looked 
Like he's getting better every week now. From like the development we were hoping that he would do, it, it didn't happen for quite some time. But now he's like uh, his composure on the ball is much much better. And all, all, all of a sudden we've seen like pretty nice passing from Sergeant. What, what was his biggest? Uh, yeah, what what he lacks the most was his composure on the ball, and it seems like he's getting into the rhythm. Great assist for for Eggestein's goal. Uh, like the only thing that's missing is him scoring goals. But we know we know he can do that. Now, like that's that's what he was known for, and I think that will come. And and I'd say like I, I think he scores if he's, he's not playing against Manuel Neuer last weekend. I he, think if he's playing against any other yeah, well, keeper, I think he scores last weekend. Yeah, Manuel Neuer is a great keeper, but it's it's with all great players, it's the case if they do something average. Uh, everyone was going to say how great that was, and uh, yeah, if 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 uh, Zingale would have made that uh, similar saves, and they were all good, but none of these saves against Sargent was that I would say, yeah, no, no other goalkeeper would have saved that, and like the first save, like he shot at Neuer's leg. Um, I, I wouldn't say that, like, Neuer was at the right spot, credit to him. God, I, okay, I'm trying to give Sergeant credit, you're going to take it all away from him again, but okay. I was trying to let like, you, t- you were praising him, so I was trying to give no, him some credit as well. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> like, I'm, it's I'm, all good. I'm going out to a limp and, and saying, like, Sergeant is scoring nine goals and the rest of the season that would make it at least ten for him for the season. I'm I'm seeing a lot of positive things. That doesn't mean that I want to invest him in right now. But maybe if he has another good game, um, he's definitely on my radar uh, going forward. But Well, uh, that's the thing with me. I think I like his development. I love the way he's playing. I'm not sure he's going to turn into a fantasy player that's really that valuable. As a, stri- as a striker, that's the problem. He has to score goals for that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I think that it's, it, it could come with Sargent. Okay. Hey, look, I don't, I don't, I don't mind the shout. I think it's a good shout. Um, I guess the question is: there another Friday night punt that you like the look of as well? Well, punt. If you say punt as a low price guy, I mean, we talked about Lacroix already. Uh, I think he's definitely viable. And if for some, I, I'm, to, I'm talking like not not many people owning yeah, them. I, I think, think Breckelow is interesting for ten point three million because uh, the only risk with him is always that maybe. Jean Victor plays uh, something like that, and uh, so if you know he's in the starting lineup, I think he's interesting for for ten point three million. Rashica is um, like historically he likes to score against Wolfsburg for what it's worth. I, I don't take too much stock uh, at stats like that, but uh, last year he scored the winner at at Wolfsburg, and um, he he's back to being a, a, a good player on the pitch, and I expect to to have him um, pretty good fantasy days uh, sooner rather than later. Still not sure I want to invest because like Wolfsburg goal difference after eight games is nine goal scores and five goals conceded. I mean, it's just like. In eight games, there has been 14 goals in games where Wolfsburg was involved. And that's just, uh, I, I hate a stat like that for, <laughs> for fantasy. That's why I don't expect that game to be, like, if there are goals, probably more of them are, uh, 
uh, in the Bremen goal. Uh, I would I would say just because of Wolfsburg is has the best defense in the league with just five conceded so far. No, okay, fine. Um, that that that's why I'm like otherwise I would jump on Rashica in a heartbeat. Still think he's he's a risky choice, but one that can can actually pay pay off big. No, I yeah I don't disagree with that. I, I think. And, and I forgot like the only. Like if Felix Agu starts, uh, he came on as a substitute at Munich, uh, played uh, played pretty well, close to assisting a goal for Sargent, but of course he couldn't capitalize on it. Um, but depending on how, which tactic Kofa does, it's not out of the question that Agu starts if Gabriel Selassie is playing, for instance, in a three-man back line. Uh, that's definitely possible. If he starts three, uh, 4.3 million, if if he's a regular starter, he's definitely on the fantasy radar because he's an attacking minded wing back. No, definitely. I just yeah. If listeners are keeping track, this is now the th- I think the third time Flo's predicted Agu or maybe talked about Agu being in the starting lineup. Well, I know. He, he, he had COVID nineteen, so what, what, yeah, what can I'm I do sorry, about I it? Laugh about that though, but it's, he he, he would have started know, because of the Augustinson injury. Absolutely, so, absolutely. Yeah, that yeah, was very. I'm I'm pulling your train this week, my friend. Um, okay, let's move on then. Dortmund against Köln because this is another the game where I think we're fair, fair to say there are going to be fantasy points in it uh, this weekend. We talked about the premium midfielder. Sancho has two goals and two assists in three matches against Köln. Royce, I realised I did make, I completely forgot he's a striker in the game. It's just... That still, that still to this day doesn't make sense to me. But anyway, uh, he has seven goals and five assists in 13 matches, uh, but not quite as tempting because there's another man on the radar who I'd assume having you, having picked him last weekend, Flo, you're going to probably pick him again this weekend, that being Erling Haaland. Yeah, you probably have to do it. Although it's like, I don't, like, Tava already said that a player type like Haaland can't play like 10 matches in 32 days, I think that is. Uh, and and that makes me like that makes me even afraid of Haaland being benched. It's just um and that's with Dortmund, and the same goes true to Leipzig and Gladbach. They have so important Champions League matches coming up, and they all three are playing at home against inferior competition, and that's the reason why I feel bad about that match day. So if if Favre wants, he could like play Royce uh, uh, as a striker like he did before or stuff like that. That's all in the cards, and that's why I hate I hate this match. I I have Haaland. I I I keep him. If I don't have Haaland, I probably buy him. Um, but there's a twenty percent chance he's he's not in the starting lineup. I I think it's like. It's it's possible. It's such um, it's such a tricky game with him, right? Because y- you've got him, and I don't. And I could play the tricky game of do I buy him, and then he gets dropped. He has that twenty percent chance of being dropped, and he does get dropped. I think. I mean, what's t- in his second game back from the international break? I don't know, but he was also on international duty, so it's it's a very it's a tough one to play. And you know, you could come off big, or if I don't buy him and he does get dropped, then all of a sudden I'm in the differential camp, right? That could uh, could profit in a in a big way from not having Haaland. Is uh, yeah. I don't I don't like that game. I'll be honest, yeah. it, it um, makes me feel very uneasy, Flo. Yeah, one one quick Haaland stat to to add is like he he set one game so far this season, so he played in seven games. In three out of these seven games, he had 10 or less points. 
So that's definitely something to keep in mind. But in the other one, he always had 15 or more. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> He's literally the definition of a boom or bust player, but it's a very high bracket, right? It's a very, like, even his even his bust is still quite a decent score, Whoa. just not for a striker or a, a player like Haaland. Well, he, but, yeah. he got five points in there. He got seven points in there. You're, you're not happy if, like, if he scores five or, or seven points. Just to remind that there's no amount of certainty it's not guaranteed that Haaland scores a hat-trick against Cologne. I know every Cologne supporter will disagree with me on that because <laughs> yeah. they're just feeling so bad about what what's happened with Cologne, but it's, it's not a given. No. And we've seen Dortmund changing up a lot and then not being able to play at 100%. We, we've seen that with them happening a lot. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's constant yeah. rotation. Yeah. Still, still, you want ha- you want Haaland in your squad. Just like I wouldn't be surprised if the starting lineup is there, and then I don't expect that Mukoko will, will start. Uh, I don't think that that no, we're not Lucien, there yet. Um, wants the spotlight even more on him than it is already. But wouldn't surprise me if, like Hazard, I think Brand. played there uh, before as well. Yeah. That's it. The, the options are endless, definitely. Um, and, and that's it. I mean, I, I can understand and I still do have the temptation to bring him in because you mentioned earlier, like it, it was like three out of a hundred games that you said against Hertha, he'd score four goals. I think that number maybe goes up to 10 against Köln, you know, 10 out of a hundred maybe. Um, but <laughs> no, I'm just. No, no. He, he hasn't scored four in a Bundesliga game before. I know, so. I know. It's a, that's a rarity. Even Lewandowski yeah. doesn't do it 10 in 100 games. No, I know, I was very tongue-in-cheek as well. Sorry to any Köln fans out there. Um, shall we move on? Leipzig against Bielefeld is the next game. Leipzig have scored at least two goals in each of their four Bundesliga home games this season, hitting 12 in total across those fixtures. Who's your player pick, Flo? I'm going with Danny Olmo because he got substituted at Paris after 65 minutes, and that's why I feel the best about him actually playing for 14.9 million. That's his price tag, but yeah. They're playing, I think, at Istanbul next week, and it's, it's such a key fixture for them in the Champions League. I expect a lot of rotation against Bielefeld, and if you want to go crazy, you can bring in the likes of Kloivert or stuff like that, but it's not, I, I wouldn't be like, I, I would just go elsewhere probably. Um, well, I think a guy like Kloivert has a, has a pretty high chance of, of actually starting that match against Bielefeld, but that's why I don't feel great about any, like even Angelino. I mean, he's, he's a great player. I'm not selling Angelino. Who says that he's going to play? Um, I mean, a positive for him is that Benjamin Henrys is now out for at least three weeks. So there's less competition, I guess, on the wings. But they still have enough players who, who can play there. So, yeah. Um, Dortmund, Leipzig, Gladbach is just the conundrum of who's going to play. And I'm, I'm not sure I want to dive into that minefield and uh, maybe just leave it as many players I already have in my squad and, and, and invest elsewhere. Yeah, but I'm, I like, I'm personally, I've got Unkunku, um, as I mentioned, I'm worried about him. 
Um, and I may, I may get rid of him to use the funds to upgrade Musiala as well, who needs to come out of my midfield. That may, that may be the sacrifice I have to make, and I may have to run the risk of, okay, if he does then start and plays well against Bielefeld, I might regret it afterwards. But yeah, he's, he's kind of high on the chopping block, let's say, and that is why I do like the Danny Olmo pick over him. Um, Union against Frankfurt, then next up, Union have taken nine points from their last three games, scoring ten and conceding just two by Leverkusen are the only side with a better current record with five straight wins. Meanwhile, Frankfurt, they have drawn four of their last five. So not quite as good as Bremen um, and definitely not all 1-1 draws either. But uh, a question from a listener here, Flo, at Addy underscore Balaram, someone we didn't mention in the premium midfielders bracket earlier, Philip Kostic. Mm -hmm. Looked really good, uh, he says, against Leipzig in the first half. He asked, is it worth bringing him in now? His other options right now, he includes Nkunku, Olmo, Stindl, Kamada. So we've talked about Nkunku and Olmo. Where are you at with Kostic against Stindl and Kamara? Uh, I, w- I wouldn't go with Kostic because it's not the best matchup like we already explained at Union. Um, he's priced pretty close to a guy like Sané. It's just like no need for me to go with, with Kostic. And on top of that, they're playing at home against Dortmund next week. And the week after that, they're playing at Wolfsburg. Um, so... Uh, two of the best defenses uh, in the Bundesliga, they they facing off the next two week, weeks after um, playing at Union. And that's why like, I'm not going to invest in, in Frankfurt players unless it's a cheap guy. And that's the guy who's my player pick. And that's actually is a World Cup winner. And I'm obliged <laughs> as a football journalist to say that every time I say that name. It's a World Cup winner, Eric Dorm. <laughs> Available for 3.2 million. What happened there? That you yeah. can get a World Cup winner for that cheap. But Glitch in the system. Adi Hütter obviously is not happy the way that Touré played uh, on the right flank, the way that Da Costa played on the right flank, the way with Chandler played on the right flank. And now he, he's gone to Durm. Um, he said he, he played, like he wasn't even in the match squads. Before, but Hütter said afterwards he trained that well that he felt that he had to give him a start. Um, and that also, uh, now that, uh, Barcock, uh, is also uh, tested positive for, uh, Corona, uh, it's even less competition on, on the right wing. And after having a good game against Leipzig, I expect Eric Dorm to stay in the starting lineup. And that would be, the one guy I would be willing to invest in on the Frankfurt side because just because of his price tag. And he's a World Cup winner. I'm not sure I mentioned that before. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'll, 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 don't don't say it again. It just makes me laugh every time. But no, you are right. He is a World Cup winner. Um, and I shouldn't really take that away from him. And I, you know what? I actually like the pick as well because, yeah, something, something's up with Toure. Um, and Hutter's had words in public as well about his performances, about the fact that he's very perplexed about it all. Um, okay, Augsburg against Freiburg. We were going to mention it. We don't need to anymore. We definitely covered that all in part one. So we'll move on to the final 3.30 game on Saturday. Stuttgart against... Bayern. Uh, Bayern's November Blues, that's kind of the headline running around right now. The Reds have only won three of their last ten Bundesliga matches in this month. Three draws, four defeats. Um, a quick question from a listener uh, from uh, at Marchesio. He says, Hernandez, Musiala, stick or twist? We've answered Musiala. Where are you at with Hernandez? Because he actually is in Kicker's predicted lineup. I mean, we talked about Musiala. I definitely twist with him. Uh, with Hernandez, 
I'd stick with him because Sule has fallen out of favor. He he looks out of shape, and that's like more or less what Bayern is saying that he's not living a professional life, and that's definitely creating some issues for for Sule. And he played bad um, before, yet now um, left out of the squad two times in a row. Um, and that's the reason why they don't want to shift Alaba to the left back position. And that's why I would feel comfortable with Hernandez uh, playing because he actually played already in the Champions League. So I, I think he's good to go. Uh, I would stick with him. Yeah, he was a bit of a blow, uh, you know, the kind of early injury in uh, the game last weekend. And because uh, he was on my radar and I almost I almost had him in and then took him out for liner at the last minute, which actually turned out to be a reasonably good choice until Caligiuri messed most of it up. But anyway, uh, let's move on to another listener question about Bayern at Ronan underscore 45. He says, Flo, I started listening uh, since the Bundesliga restart. So thank you very much for joining us. Glad that you've stuck around as well. Uh, and he said he's loved the fantasy since then. He's asked asking though Flo for the thought our thoughts on Richards as a budget option uh, in the buy and back line well that's definitely some galaxy brain stuff to to <laughs> to think about that I, I, you look like the smartest person in the room and I don't think it's going to happen this match because they need a win that badly out of Stuttgart and they can play Richards in the Champions League and I, I think that's the logic how they operate under um, and that's why I wouldn't go there. Uh, I, I feel the likelihood of Richards starting at Stuttgart is pretty low, in my opinion. But definitely a guy to keep on um, the radar uh, for for the future if if we feel like it's a rotational uh, um, match day and they don't like they aren't under pressure pressure that much in the Bundesliga. But at the moment, they they want to win badly. So on that note, who's your player pick? I think I can guess based on what you said earlier in the show. But yeah, definitely Sunny. Yeah, not even close. Seventeen point two million his price tag. So you have to spend a pretty buck, but it's worth it. Or should be worse. Yes. <laughs> yes we're so. dealing, like I said, we're dealing with probability. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't make any guarantees on the show this week, Greg. Don't make it, get any guarantees. Okay. Uh, let's move on to the Saturday evening game. Gladbach against Schalke. Now, Schalke's last Bundesliga victory. I feel like we go on about this every week, but it was against Gladbach, uh, a 2-0 triumph on the 17th of January. I mean, that, that was when Michael Gregorich looked like he was going to come back as a fantasy force and it never happened. <laughs> it wasn't, I think third place after that yeah. match. Schalke was. <laughs> it. It's absolutely Crazy. Um, since then, 24 games without a win in the league. Absolutely in, incredible. Um, is this a good time to invest in Gladbach, though, Flo? I mean, we've had a couple of questions about their front line already, and it does seem like a good one. But yeah. uh, of the Champions League teams, is there maybe the least uncertainty with Gladbach, at least? I wouldn't necessarily say that, because we've got player back in the frame. He played for 20 minutes in, in the Champions League, but is he good to go as a starter? I don't know. Uh, I, I think, like, I have Lars Stindl and I'm concerned about Lars Stindl because he's the elder statesman of all the guys that they can play. And they, they have a important Champions League match coming up. I know I sound like I'm on repeat, but I feel, I don't feel great about Stindl. Um, I think there's a chance of him being rotated out. Uh, and I, I yeah, I'm, 
I'm probably not feel certain enough to get him out of my lineup because um, it's just a great matchup against Schalke at home. And also Gladbach has to win in the Bundesliga. Um, but I still think that Rose will do some, at least some rotation. And uh, Stindl definitely one of the candidates. And if I know that player comes in and is at 100%, he will be a great choice up front. But I don't know that. And But I'm not also, I'm not, I'm not convinced that Dembolo will keep his place uh so it's it's a mess. It's a mess. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. He said after the game on the zone that you know people will say it's typical in Bolo. Like I missed all the chances and they scored that overhead kick, which is exactly what I tweeted when he did it. Um, <laughs> just one of those moments. Um, but yeah, I agree. I mean, it's it's a tricky one. I, mean, I you know what? I'll talk about it a little bit later on in the show. It's it is it's an yeah. I, I feel like I'm more. I feel safer about someone like Hannes Wolf. You know, almost than I do about someone like, uh, you know, Lars Stindl. And, and that's an interesting situation to be in. Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily go so far because it could be Lazaro as well, or it could be Patrick Herman as well. So there, there's also a lot of possibilities. The guy I would feel good about is Oscar Wendt for 6.4 million. If you need a one and done, he could be your guy because Benzabaini uh, also tested positive for Corona. So. We'll see Wendt in the starting lineup and for 6.4 million, uh, attacking minded, uh, wing back playing against Schalke. Yeah. What's, what's not to like about that? We like Wendt isn't been a fantasy powerhouse in the past, but he had good games from time to time. And this definitely could be True. one of these. He scored, he scored last night as well, you know, against uh, Shankar. Yeah. I, oh, that was a goal I didn't see. I didn't see the fourth goal. Go. It was the the free kick. It was a free kick. He whipped it into ah, the back yeah, post. Yeah, no yeah, one yeah. touched it. And yeah. It just went in. It wasn't, you know, it's one of those. But you take it. Yeah, but it shows that he has set piece duties. So True. that's uh, is definitely a positive as well. True. Yeah, he he would he would be the guy to mention out of this game. I think. Okay. Um, let's move on to Mainz against Hoffenheim then. And, unless oh. Benzabaini, maybe I, I I'm not sure that Ben. I don't expect Benzabaini um, back. No. Um, until the weekend. So, but if we get news of that, we have to overthink yeah. what we're doing with Wendt. Yeah. But right. I don't expect that. Leverkusen against Hertha. It's the first game up on Sunday. Leverkusen come into this one on a five-game winning run in the Bundesliga, their longest such spell since early 2016. Uh, as such, they are the most informed team in the league right now. So where's the fantasy value for owners in this game, Flo? Yeah, it's another tough one. We we not we don't know how Leverkusen will play in the Europa League. Um and I think that will sway how I view things. Uh I've got Florian Wurz and I think you have to keep him in your lineup cuz his value is just too too good to pass up. But all other Leverkusen assets like Alario I would feel safe with Alario if Schick plays in the Europa League and not score a hat trick. That could, like, that could also change the equation. We see that from time to time. A player gets rested, but the other player picks up steam so much that he actually keeps a place. Um, that's definitely something to, um, watch out for with Schick. And I'm not keen on investing, uh, in Hatter assets because it's not what Bosch is known for, but Leverkusen um, also conceded just 
63 shots on goal so far this season, and they they behind only Leipzig and Dortmund. So it's, I don't expect fireworks from Hertha. The only guy you you could definitely play um, even in this matchup is Cunha because he came through against Dortmund and that was a tough matchup as well. So uh, Cunha is the heart and soul of of the Berlin attack. So. Um, I, I wouldn't buy him for this week, but if you have him, I think you're, you're fine with sticking with him because everything that Hatta puts up at Leverkusen probably has to do with Cunha. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree with that. I mean, I think, yeah, Cunha... It's yeah, similar yeah. with Kramaric, so you're, you're, buy, you're basically buying the whole yeah. offense with just one piece, and it's it's that's quite unique, and you get that with Hoffenheim and Hatta. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, if you if you're including Cunha in the conversation with the likes of Lewandowski, Holland, Kramerich, uh, we could maybe throw in Weghorst in there, Max Kruse recently as well. Then at least Cunha has this one thing, which is the lack of a rotation risk uh, hanging over his head, which does make him uh, more attractive in certain respect. I do agree with you, Flo. This is maybe not the fixture I would look to bring him in. The problem is that for Hertha, their next couple of fixtures just don't look that attractive at all, which is why I wanted to ask you, because he's starting to play like a player that is a bit impervious. But you look at their fixtures, um, you know, uh, Leverkusen, then Union, then Gladbach in their next three. It's not until match day 12 when they face Mainz at home where I'm yeah. going oh that's a great game I'd love to have him in there so yeah. if you're not saying he's good to buy this weekend are you going to change your thoughts against Union or Gladbach do you think or is this maybe a time to go you know what maybe it's worth saying fixtures aside Cunha's a great pick I'm not going to do that because I, I, I'm, okay. I'm playing like fixtures is always a part of my like apart from the guys I want to have always in my team, and that's probably now Haaland and Lewandowski, because uh, I feel that Dortmund can like pile up points in any situation, basically. Like, my third striker spot will probably change a lot. And, I mean, I penciled in that Hatter's playing uh, Mainz on the 12th match day, then they're playing uh, on the 13th match day, which is the last match day before the winter break. They're playing uh, at Freiburg, so these two games, I'm, 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 I can see me going with Cunha the last two uh, match days of uh, this year. But I think before that, it's probably hands off for me. Fair enough. Um, and that's how I, I, I approach it. And I know, like, he will have good games. Yes. Um, but I'm, I'm not sure it's, it's worth it. Chasing. No, not not with those fixtures. And I think that's the only thing that's really speaking against him right now. And he's he's on the yeah, cusp. Of he's course. on the cusp he, of us going, I don't think we care about the fixtures, but he's not I think you can hear but with both Flo and I, he's not well, quite there yeah, yet. Yeah, but as as long as we like we have Kramaris playing at Mainz and we have Cunha playing at Leverkusen. So who who who's more like who's likelier to outscore the other one? It has to be Kramaric. Like it's I, I would pack it at eighty twenty. Which means there's a one in five chance that Cunha outscores um, yeah. Kramaric. That doesn't necessarily mean that the calculation were wrong. It's just like that's something to emphasize again. Yeah. But I'm I'm going with the eighty percent every time. Yeah. And don't feel bad if it's 
landing on the 20%. No, fair enough. Let's talk about the 80% then, uh, and that moves us and segues us onto the final game of the fixture list, Mainz against Hoffenheim. Mateta and Kramrich have both scored seven goals this season. Kramrich has, of course, done it in less games, but he's scored in every game he's played in, um, and with seven goals in eight match days, Mateta has actually broken a Mainz record, uh, which is not a bad feat either. He's not quite in the conversation yet the same way Kramrich is, I think it's fair to say, because he's very hit and miss from what we're seeing. But if he keeps up that pace flow, we might have to change that. So the question, I think, really from this one, um, which players would you trust to close out the match day? Because this is also an important question, because Hoffenheim have uh, the the last game on uh, match day 11 as well, so they're dealing with these late games because of the Europa League, and I think this is a situation we're going to find ourselves in a lot with them over the next couple of games, uh, whether it be against Mainz, Augsburg, or Leverkusen. Yeah. Um, I, I would trust Kramaric wholeheartedly. I, I would definitely trust Baumgartner as well. And the one guy I brought in uh, last week um, as a differential pick because of this match day was Sessignon. Um because I saw the lineup, uh, and uh, Hoffenheim was playing with the three-man back line, with an attacking mind, a wing back, that was Sassignon. Um I, I thought he could have a great game at low cost with low ownership. Didn't actually work out. Although he did score, he only managed to give you eight points, which was like a big disappointment. And I wouldn't invest in him now, because if you have a... Defender scoring a goal and he only gives you eight points. That, that gives pause for sword. Uh, although it has to be said, like, it's like we've got one game sample size. That's not good enough for me to say he's not involved in enough shots to make him worthwhile. But that could be the case. We, I have to wait and see, but I'll, I'll wait, I wait that out with Sessignon. Uh, he'd stay in my squad because I bought him, especially because I knew they were playing at Mainz on a standalone fixture. And, yeah, but I'm not feeling as great about it as I thought I would. Yeah, that's it. I was actually, I'm just trying to look and I'm trying to scroll back through the tweets because I can't remember who it was that mentioned Sessignon last weekend because uh, I almost wanted to give him credit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I said I yeah. want to wait and see. I know that. and, and But uh, on the match day, I couldn't. I couldn't figure out my fifth defender. I had enough money to spend to get a guy like Sessignor, but not much else. And then I looked, I, I really made uh, match day, what we're now on, match day nine, the deciding factor with Hoffenheim going up at Mainz and wanting to make a kind of differential pick, and that's why I ended up with no, Sessignor. No, I, I like it. I just wanted to give them credit, but I can't um, find yeah. the tweet right now, so I'm going to have to pass up on it. Yeah, no, and and like I'm, I, I don't want to come across as dishonest for saying I, I want to wait and see, and then at the end I took a different approach. But actually, this tweet was was like made me actually think about Sessignon and think, yeah, maybe at home against Stuttgart they, he he could have a good game, and then they're yeah, playing at Mainz, and that was before Mainz all of the sun got a win at Freiburg. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that, and he's like, he's cheap with under nine million. 
it's a good prize. Um, that was yeah. that. Well, I think I think that was it. With the, with the fixtures last weekend, so much was going to change the minute those lineups came out. You could go in with a plan, but the minute you had what was it, five sets of like starting 11s guaranteed, yeah. so ten teams, you, you everything was going to change, and it did for everyone. And it was a crunch, uh, a crunch situation for some of us, uh, as we talked about earlier. Okay, let's close the show. Player picks, time flow. Start as always with the Vegas choice. Who are you going for this weekend? <sighs> I'm going with my guy, Mirot Rashica. I have to. <laughs> and he's a real Vegas choice. Um, but I think he has a high enough floor that he'll give you at least like seven points, I think, is something you could expect from him. And he definitely has room for more. I'm just not sure. Like the matchup at Wolfsburg isn't that great. Um, but as... I still think he can give you some leverage uh, with being on a Friday evening match. Um, yeah. Maybe I would feel even better um, going with Brekalo, So, um, But like, I have to stay on brand here. So for all you guys there, Brekalo could also be a pick here. But I have to mention Rashica for 12.8. Fair enough. Um, okay, I for my Vegas and choice... And he's a midfielder in the game, so True. that's definitely something we should emphasize. True. I've gone with a striker myself, and I've been a little cheeky, and I'm going to admit to it before Flo calls me out on it on air, but <laughs> I've just changed my player picks as well. So my, my, <laughs> my Vegas choice... You, you, you change your player. Yeah, yeah pick. Like, I did literally change my player pick. Uh, yeah. Alassane player has yeah. now just become my Vegas choice because I do agree there is a, there's a, I mean, I feel 60%, I'd say 60% confident that he's going to be in the starting lineup this weekend for Gladbach against Schalke, but that's still only 60. So it is right. I shouldn't really be picking him as my banker. Um, so I will make him my Vegas choice because I think he could be a very valuable asset this weekend. How about your super Schnäppchen flow? It's, it's a World Cup winner, Eric Dong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Every time it gets me. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. 3.2 um, million. Uh, yeah, yeah. Super Schnäppchen was hard this week though. And I'll be. Uh, no, I think uh, Iago is actually, I, I'm not sure we covered Iago uh, highly enough, but if you, like, if I've got the choice between Durham and Iago, I w- I'd go Iago. It's just because we haven't talked about Durham before. Um, here on, on, on Talking Football Fantasy, and that's why I, I feel obliged to say that the World Cup winner, Eric Dorm, is also <laughs> an option. I, be- I behaved myself that time. Um, no, I mean, I, I say that because, yeah, okay, D- Dorm, Iago definitely came up in my, my notes as well, but I wasn't that convinced about either of them, so I kind of copped out and just went for Lacroix, so I don't need to talk about it because we talked about him enough last weekend. How about your banker, Flo? Leo Sané, 70.2 million. Um, uh, I think he was my banker last week uh, also, so I'm doubling down on, 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 on that, definitely. I I don't know who to go for my banker, if I'm being really honest. So I think I, I might, I feel like I might just cop out and do what you did last week, which is go for Haaland in the end. Um, but that, that just feels, it feels too easy. I did have Alassane play it down initially, but there is a, a problem because Sane is a great choice, I have to admit. Uh, Jaden Sancho would be a great choice as well if we could guarantee he's going to be in the starting lineup. It's it's a very tough one, I'll admit, ladies and gentlemen. Maybe, you know what, maybe, screw it. Uh, you know what, I'll double down. Valt Vekos is my banker this week. Uh, I picked him last week as my Vegas 
his choice. He paid off big. This week he's the banker. Right, there you go. I feel better about that than just waffling on about any other players. Um, <laughs> so we will leave it there, ladies and gents, uh, for this week's Talking Foosball Fantasy episode. Don't forget to follow us at Talking Foosball on Twitter. Give us a like on Facebook. And if you have not yet, join the Talking Foosball Fantasy League for now from me, your host, James Thorogood Flow, and the rest of the Talking Foosball crew. Auf Wiederhören. Auf Wiederhören. Thank you.